Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am joined by Poonam Keswani, a Salesforce CTA and Senior Manager for Accenture. Poonam recently became the first non-Salesforce employee to become a Salesforce CTA in India. We unpack her career, how she has progressed at different stages, and look at the impact COVID has had on the onshore-offshore model. Poonam talks us through how she first became interested in pursuing the Salesforce CTA, who inspired her, and how she explained the challenge and commitment required to her family. Poonam then explains how it felt to receive the results and how her loved ones reacted to the news that she had passed. I really hope you enjoy the episode. And if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Flow Republic. Flow Republic is the elite Salesforce Academy, helping architects all over the world to realize their goal of becoming a Salesforce certified technical architect. The success that architects are having with Flow Republic is incredible. So if you are on your journey to CTA, then I highly recommend checking out flowrepublic.com to understand how they can help you. Poonam, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. And uh, and look, first and foremost, congratulations. We'll cover this, but on your massive achievement, you've uh, just uh, received the news recently that you passed the CTA. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we'll cover the uh, the whole journey. Phil, how do you feel now? Are you um, still kind of on cloud nine or is it business as usual yet? Yeah, the first few days was cloud nine, of course. The reaction that I got and the response that I got from all my colleagues, my my leadership team at Accenture, my friends, my family, I was thrilled and so were they. But yes, it has now sunk in and um, as every day passes, I feel the responsibility as well to do justice to the title that I have achieved with a lot of hard work. Yeah, 100%. And we're going to explore that hard work, but I guess that kind of leads you to being on the show as well and talking about your journey to inspire others, which I'm I'm sure you will. So yeah, really keen to unpack all of that. Sure. But I'd like to start at the beginning. So we're going to get to where you are now, but looking back to your early days and actually as a child, I guess, did you have any grand career aspirations? Did you kind of know where you wanted to go and what you wanted to pursue? At different stages in life, I wanted to do different things. So as growing up, I used to love kids. I still love kids. So I wanted to be a preschool teacher because I love telling stories, which sort of still helps me both at work and at, at home. But I realized that probably that's not fitting in. And then there was this teenage phase where I was super patriotic and I wanted to do something from India and I wanted to join the foreign services. And somehow that didn't go well as well. And um, I landed in, say, in engineering with, yeah, and with a, with a job again that followed on the same path. So what was it about engineering that caught your attention then? What, what inspired you down that route? So I was always very good in math and analytics. So uh, that was my natural choice. And I used to probably do very well in, in maths and not do that well in languages. So that sort of drifted me towards taking something which had a mathematical touch to it. And then it programming came naturally. And that's when everything sort of fitted in. 
and in india typically you you are given two options to pick whether you want to be an engineer or you want to be a doctor and doctor was not something that i ever wanted to be i my mother is a doctor and i could never imagine myself waking up at 2 am for somebody else who is sick right so yeah engineering it was for me then that's interesting because i i think pretty much everyone that i've had on the podcast that is from uh-huh. india has said the same <laughs> thing about being an engineer or a doctor yeah. one day i'm going to f- there must be people that that didn't pursue one of those yes, routes right because i guess everyone i have on the podcast i've had a doctor who ended up going into the salesforce world oh, okay. and then obviously everyone else has really been engineers because they're in the it world so right. yeah it's interesting to kind of get that dynamic and and hear that kind of everyone does feel that they have those two options yeah so it it's changing now a bit. so if you ask me as a parent now i i wouldn't probably want my kids to be given just two options right i would want them to find out what they like and what they want to do so my father is an engineer my mother is a doctor and what you do is you look up to your parents right mm-hmm. and that's what you sort of land up into and even in in the social circle we didn't have anybody who was not a doctor or not an engineer so you are not exposed to that kind of career options but as things are changing with things being more global now kids are exposed to a lot of things so are parents i i believe this this change that we will see in in the upcoming like in, in the current generation i see a lot of my friends kids picking up career choices which were not natural to us earlier yeah nice Yeah, it will be definitely be interesting to see. Yeah. But I mean, it's great that, that obviously engineering was um a favorite of a lot of people because we've seen some amazing talent yeah. especially in Australia that you know has come through that path and I um, yeah that the Salesforce market has benefited from it sure. for sure. And you you mentioned that programming you felt came quite naturally yes. to you yes. which is obviously doesn't come naturally to everyone. Yeah. So when when you started your career as a developer did the job come naturally like did you progress quickly as a developer? You know, I guess programming came naturally but actually working day to day as a developer and learning the all-round job. Yeah, I loved it. I I loved all of it and and yeah I've been lucky I progressed well I grew from project to project um from a project where I was doing a, a junior developer to another project where I was probably a team lead or a tech lead I progressed well and um yeah all all that helped right like because I used to really enjoy working or programming and then my first organization was Infosys where I also got a chance to travel to US and work for a year and um, it definitely was a learning curve sometimes because when i traveled to us there was a cultural difference i i was away from home for the first time that far away but uh, i've been lucky to be surrounded by such good colleagues and friends like colleagues who became friends that it all sort of went well yeah nice so you started as a java developer that's right yes a java developer Can you think back to when you you first started programming were there certain things that you professional not not programming skills but things you learned to do well that you still do today so things that you've kind of carried throughout your career as to to kind of help you get to where you are today There are two things that never left my side right even back then if I knew something I had to get myself certified so even back then I got my sun certification for java the first and the second level I got both of them so if I knew something I had to get certified I guess that thing sort of followed into my next transition of Salesforce as well and I would not usually go to sleep without having something which was not working or if there was a bug or if the flow was not coming through or 
I had to solve it. So probably I couldn't sleep well, I would say. So that stayed, it does still stay with me that even after being 17 years in this industry, I still feel hands-on. Like I get it. I want to be hands-on and I probably will always be hands-on. Was there ever any pressure to not be hands-on? Because obviously, like you mentioned, you've taken on leadership roles in the past. Yes. Did you ever kind of, because some people go down that management path and lose the technical skill set, right? So did you ever kind of get pushed into that direction? Yes, of course. That probably landed up again to a stage where I had to put that extra time to ensure I still get my hands on while doing what was required for my role. But I sort of tried to get a balance of a few things because even in Salesforce, things change so often and there is so much to learn that I had to draw a line somewhere, right? Like that I cannot go beyond this because there's only 24 hours and there's only limited time I can give to work and and, and myself. So yeah, I, I drew that line. I was forced, but sometimes for key things, I would still want to get it done my way. But then I, I left a few which were probably not important and which I could delegate and which I could get some, some other expert to help me with. So yes, I, I sort of found that balance. So from starting your career as a, a Java developer, um, how did you come to kind of work in the Salesforce world? So I, I believe, again, I got lucky after my stint with Infosys. My Infosys managers had started their own company, which was Access Technologies, which was a partner primarily doing only Salesforce work. And I got recruited with them and I got introduced to Salesforce. I had obviously heard about the platform and cloud computing, but you know the transition was easier because I knew and there was a familiarity with uh, with the people working there. And I cannot thank them enough for taking that dive into Salesforce and like bringing me on board as well. And uh, your first role in Salesforce was that uh, development as well? So straight in as a Salesforce developer? Yeah, yeah. So when you work for a smaller partner and when you're, you know, growing your uh, the company, you, you play a lot of roles, right? I, I played a developer, I played a team lead, a project lead, an offshore coordinator, or say even sometimes pre-sales. And even Remedy Force consultant, I did Remedy Force also for a good one year. So yeah, I, I did a lot of things and that sort of also helped me to understand what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and gauge what I really like to do. And yes, that's again, the fact that I always wanted to be hands-on even then helped me because I would like go in there and get it done and like help my, my developers who were working with me. So yes, that sort of also shaped up a lot of things where I have reached today. Yeah, and I know, I know some of those roles obviously were technical, but some of the roles you performed at Arxis, you know, were stretching into management and project management. Yes. And I think a lot of people would be hesitant to do that, right? They would say, no, look, I'm a developer, I only want to code, or, you know, I want to be a team leader, or they wouldn't necessarily experience that. So do you, do you have any regrets about broadening into other areas, or, or was all of it beneficial? Absolutely not. All of it was beneficial. And that time, there was no, like, obviously, we had roles which were divided in the company or in Access that we were working for. But we had this sense to make it work for Access, right? Like, because we had this a certain relationship with the leadership, with the management, and everybody who, who we were recruiting, we were very close to them. So we had this sense of getting it done rather than, you know, putting a label to it or, or saying that you're doing this. Mm -hmm. So we just like sort of everybody got together, a big team, a small team, and we just did it. Yeah, yeah, nice. And that must be amazing for the, the founders of the business to have a team all pulling in the same direction and willing to kind of sacrifice and, and do the right thing for the business. Yes, I'm sure it was. Yes. 
So what was it about when you landed in the technical architect role? What was it about that role that you realized at that point that you'd found the role that you wanted to do? Salesforce has had come up with all these domain certifications, right? Back in 2015 and 16, I believe, 16, I believe. And um, I had few technical mentors in Access as well who were also looking for the CTA path and studying all these concepts. And I had just come out of a big project where we did a large data modeling and data migration. So uh, data architect certification that time came sort of again naturally. And I said, let, let me just go for it. And in 2017, I cleared my application architect, both the exams. Yeah, so that time I knew I like it, but I didn't know that I like it that much that I want to give it that much time and, you know, that much effort. But I guess one of the key turning points in the fact that I want to be a CTA was at Dreamforce 2018 when I attended the architect bootcamp. And, you know, when you look at that pyramid that Salesforce has drawn, you look at a CTA as somebody who's at pinnacle of, you know, of knowledge and who's probably not reachable for you, right? Because you are at bottom, you're not on top. So when I when I met few CTAs at the architect bootcamp, I, I felt they were so approachable they were they, they were they had so much knowledge to give and they were they have they were so ready to share everything they share their experiences and just they were extremely reachable and i just loved that fact I, i felt that i want to be somebody like that who is extremely thorough but at the same time extremely human and approachable i i, I remember asking stupid questions in that class right but they never got offended they went to your level and explained it to me and and i just loved it and i just wanted to get the same feeling from like do the same thing for myself so that i could do that to somebody else as well and did you ever doubt that you could achieve it like at the beginning because uh, i'm sure as you go through the journey right you study and i think everyone must doubt that they can achieve it when they're studying because of their the the amount of studying you would just be overwhelmed right but at the beginning did you think i can do this or did you have doubts that you would go down that journey and succeed of course i had doubts right uh, i used to see so many people failing around me so every linkedin post probably that would come of a cta would talk about a retake or a you know of three years of study of two years of study and i could i would always think to myself that time that am i ready for that kind of time am i like can i do that much or can i give that much of time the last time i studied for an exam like of this caliber or this amount of study was say probably back in engineering you know when you had when you had to get things done right now all salesforce certifications that i had given were were shorter like for a month or two months max two months Uh, i didn't know whether i was ready for that much amount of time and whether i was able whether i could ever be able to accept a failure was another doubt that i had that time but yeah it's all it's all what i can look back right now i'm just glad i could clear it in the first attempt yeah 100% and um, obviously we'll explore how you went through that but just briefly in terms of um you know you've studied through the covid period so obviously there was yeah. you know and and a lot has changed in the world since then obviously you know being in lockdown and stuff gives you a time i guess that you might not have had before but but how has your role changed or how was the dynamic with offshore onshore and um the perception i guess of those roles and the the responsibilities that are divided up like has your role as a technical architect changed due to the models kind of changing due to covid yeah most certainly there has been a lot of change uh, with covid with everything you know everybody being from home you don't have those kind of demarcation that a certain role needs to be on shore to be completed 
or, or to be done well, probably we are seeing a lot of people or a lot of customers now asking for, for certain roles also to be done from offshore, which probably because they have realized that it's a balance, right? There are certain roles which obviously can only be done at onshore, but then there are a lot of things which can also be done at offshore. And yes, there is a lot of you know change in perception that yes, certain roles can also be now done from offshore. But at the same time, while I say this, there is also some customers or some industries also have um, security and privacy considerations, which sort of has to be taken care of as well. But yes, there is definitely a change in perception now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been an interesting change because like, I think there's a blurred line more so than ever now between onshore and offshore, right? There's no real, Correct. if everyone's working from home, you know, unless there is a security element or a data element and things, right. why does it matter where someone's based? It should surely just be purely about capability and, and skill set. That's right. That's right. And it will be interesting to see how that evolves over time because I think, you know, some companies still have restrictions around if they're hiring for a full-time permanent employee, they're hiring still within a radius of their office, right? But actually, there's a whole big world out there where there's some amazing skills and, and you know, the right person could be sat in India or another location. That's right. It's sad. They're limiting themselves, I would say. Mm-hmm. So when, when you decided you wanted to be a CTA, were there any other people that kind of inspired you to actually get started with the journey and, you know, start progressing to studying and putting a plan in place? Yeah, so as I told you, there were two CTAs I met at uh, at Dreamforce. Then uh, I got my first chance to work with a CTA, again, with Accenture. So from Axis, I moved to Accenture. It was, again, a conscious decision because I wanted to work for bigger and enterprise customers. And at the same time, I had some location constraints as well. And, and yes, Accenture worked perfectly from that perspective. I got a lot of exposure to big enterprise customers, bigger digital transformation, like bigger teams. I I particularly worked with one of the CTS, Kevin Mehta, in I think 2020. And I worked with him on again a big project. Um, And same thing, right? There was an extreme thoroughness in whatever he said and how he delivered it. And I was obviously used to admire him a lot and I, I remember setting up a call with him and asking him like do you think I can become one and and he said most certainly like you know from a solutioning perspective I don't see any problem you you are right there and everything it's just you got to tune yourself or fine-tune yourself and that's the first time I heard somebody tell me that I could be a CTA till then I used to tell myself that yes I could be a CTA <laughs> but that was the first time that somebody told me that yes you can be a CTA I have seen that in you and I guess that gave me a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that must be an amazing feeling just having that you know, reassurance, I guess, that it's not just you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you haven't misled yourself. Other people see that potential in you as well. Yes, indeed it was. So um, I know you've got two children and um, I, I saw on your post when you announced that you'd, uh, you'd passed a bit about them. So I know obviously it takes a lot of time and and commitment. So how did you explain that to your family? You know, I'm going to be committing to this. I'm going to need X amount of time and and hours. And, you know, I might not be able to commit to every uh, after school thing and things like that. So how, how do you kind of make that clear to the family as to how much you have to commit? So I think between me and my husband, that part was very clear because I was thinking about it for a really long time, right? As I told you, since 2018, uh, I had my second baby in 2019. So things sort of derailed a bit, but that constant thought was there in the back of my mind. So my husband was always like, whenever you feel you want to do it, I'm on board, right? Like, um, because you've been sort of working for it for such a long time. Um, 
covid definitely helped because obviously the social life was sort of reduced and it's it's easier to still find time for to study um and um the other thing that worked well that due to covid we moved to my hometown and i had support from my parents so my parents totally aced the grandparent game and they they sort of came on board and were were able to help whenever i needed so yeah that sort of really helped me to get the team like to have my backup right like if same i am studying or i'm doing a mock then i know my parents will take care of my kids my husband had to travel a lot for work so then again getting my parents on board was very very important my younger one doesn't get much of what mommy does right she she just feels that i i just play on the on the laptop probably she because she has a toy laptop too <laughs> but the elder one gets it so she feels that yes mommy's going to give an exam there is like because she also has some assessments and stuff like that right probably what was difficult for her to understand was that why does this exam take so much time right? Like, like why is it why why do you have to lock the door why do you have to why do you have to talk so much <laughs> so that that part i had to sort of explain her that there are some people that i have to talk to and explain things so yeah i guess one of the cutest response was from them when after my exam to get the result right for me the result would come at night because it comes from san francisco and they release it probably in the night and i would probably just see it early in the morning so she would wake up and then after a few minutes would realize has your result come has your result come <laughs> so and i would like it took 3 weeks to get the results so i would be like no still mommy's waiting mommy's waiting <laughs> so was she as excited as you were when uh, the results finally came through oh yes very very excited it's a there's a funny story behind that while i told her that i'm going to get us fancy certificate my husband told her her father told her that you know once mommy gets this exam right and when she passes it she will be walking 2 feet above the ground like <laughs> so then the, the moment i told her i got my result and then she looked down I'm like you're still walking on the <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So yeah, yeah, it was it was cute to have that reaction from her. Yeah. And what what about your parents because I know a lot of broader families struggle to understand what Salesforce even is. So yeah. and and to commit like do they even understand how big an achievement it is in terms of like how many people in the world have achieved it, right? So it must be incredible for them, but but do they know how incredible that actually is? <laughs> so uh, not at first I probably just told them that it's very hard to clear it that's what i told them but when it sort of rolled when the then when they so my results came at 6:30 am in the morning that's when i woke up to wake up my kids that's when i read it so i called them and told them that you know the results are out and i i couldn't believe they had tears in their eyes they they came driving home to my house and they they were all so emotional and and probably at that point i realized that i have just not made it big for myself i have made it so big for everybody around me right i was joking with my parents that you have never been so emotional when i was getting married and like you know <laughs> going away from you this is the first time you have got like you've had this rush of emotions but i am just glad also for them because i owe a lot of this to them that i could do it and um I, yeah i i made my kids pray to god as well <laughs> i've done all that uh, the you know i used to tell my younger daughter because you know in india they say that if you tell a, a small kid would go and pray god listens faster okay? okay so i would go and tell my younger one that to tell god that mummy should pass 
<laughs> should get a full pass mummy should get a full pass so <laughs> so i i didn't want to even you know leave the doubt of a partial pass or a section retake i would say just go and say mummy should get a full pass so yeah it was i look back i feel i was silly but uh, but yeah it, it all sort of um, made easy to explain it to them what it was yeah definitely and what what was the best piece of advice you got on the journey to cta like if you could kind of think back to all of the people you spoke to and you know obviously yeah. with flow republic and seb and johan like what would really stand out as the best piece of advice practice just practice that's it like everybody sebastian johan everybody would say the same thing practice practice talk 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 to people see what others like whatever you have decisions say you have made or or certain solutions you have come up with discuss it with people and just like practice practice they have been extremely you know supportive and phenomenal i would say because the kind of results that flow republic has got um, both of them are very good in what they do and they are excellent coaches right mm-hmm. so if if i would probably pick a phone with seb and he would know that you know that i'm struggling with something or or there is something that i would want to talk about and, and he would calm you down and you know give you some tips to not just study but also to how to work it out mentally right uh, so yes all that helped whenever i look at johan i start doing my breathing techniques because he, <laughs> that's one thing that he taught all of us that you know imagine you're doing such a big multi million dollar project for somebody you have a lot of responsibility you have to own your solution and talk it out mm-hmm. so yeah it it was great working with them so you obviously you didn't want a partial pass or a section retake like how do you think you'd have reacted had you done that after all of if you obviously this is uh, hypothetical because it didn't happen but after all of that hard work and and um, the studying how how do you think you personally would have reacted if you did have to do another part I don't want to think about it Ben <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to think about it it's hard I I know people who have done it what I would have done probably would have cut myself off for for few weeks for a week or two to just get myself to on board to the fact that I want to do it again or not mm-hmm. and to like to push myself that much and then probably would have again gone back to my my coaches and see how could they you know guide me further so yeah that's probably what I would have done Yeah, I mean because it's I I've spoken to lots of people that have had like a section retake or the one that I find incredible is the people that fail and then they straight back on and want to do it again because you know I think it must be so draining and exhausting and then to say right I failed but I'm going to give it another shot it's just um no. yeah fair play to people that can can be that resilient and just willing to put their life on hold again to restudy and go over it all again Yeah Yeah I I can totally understand that feeling when it it's there in your head and it like that closure is not there right to something that you picked up and you did not complete it despite committing to it right mm-hmm. um I can totally sense what they would probably be feeling when when such a thing would have like a partial pass or a or a full retake would have occurred to them or happened to them I'm, you know right after being my cta as well i'm i'm always ready to help people who who are on their journey because i know it's been so hard right mm-hmm. um, in my journey lot of cta's have helped me right i reached out to so many people during before my boards to help me with judge my mock or or just to get some advice right and the architect community is so amazing 
everybody is ready to help. Giving two hours of your time is not easy. People, I've seen like the gang of four, they give their weekend times, right? It's not easy. They are, they are still committed to CTA after, you know, getting through the whole journey. So there are some amazing architects out there who are always ready to help. And um, I just hope that I'm also, I'll be one of them as well, which who's probably will be happy to help people on their journey because I know it's incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, you've got the results. I know what the morning was like in terms of telling your family. But um, now that it has sunk in a little bit in terms of what you've achieved, can you acknowledge how much you're now going to inspire others? And, and I believe that you're the first non-Salesforce employee in India to have achieved the CTA. So there's thousands of other people now that are looking at you and thinking, I can do it too. Yeah, I am take that as a sense of responsibility on me as well, because I have had a lot of people reach out to me to tell me that, you know, they have been inspired by what I have achieved and they would want to also, you know, take up that challenge for them. And in my own way, I can, if I have inspired them, I'm just glad I did it. And uh, if all of them, they need any help from me, say, if they want to talk about it or or anything, I'm, I'm always there for it to talk with them or or reach out. In fact, even within Accenture, we are trying to motivate people to get them on board on the similar journey to see how people who have achieved this or people who are on the path, there are a few others from Accenture also attempting. So uh, how we can help the others as well. So we get the second round of CTAs from India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be many more. You know, it's it's incredible now to see Accenture investing in, you know, helping bring people through with courses like Flow Republic. And, um, and yeah, it will be amazing to see things really take off in India and more and more CTAs popping up. And, and, and also, you know, not people not necessarily um, having to move to other countries to achieve these kind of goals. I think that's, that's a real um, standout thing for me because right. you've been able to achieve that by working on big projects uh, and live, you know, with your family locally in, in your hometown. Right, right. So again, COVID also helped there where you where you can now take the board virtually, which earlier was not possible, right? The, the virtual board only started off later in, uh, during the COVID period. Earlier, it used to be only an in-person exam. So yes, um, everything sort of has aligned and, and I hope to get a lot of more CTS from India. And if you could give one piece of advice, not to other CTA, aspiring CTAs, because I know the advice would be practice, but if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, you know, at the beginning of your career with what you've achieved now, perhaps, um, what would you say to yourself to ensure you were going to go down this path again and uh, achieve the goals and, and outcomes that you have? Yeah, so if I look back, there are many times when I would tell myself, right, that no, no, let me, I'll not do it now. I'll probably do it later. The time is not right, right? Um, Maybe six months down the line, it'll get better and stuff like that. Like between a lot of roles that you play, a wife, say a daughter, a, a mother, uh, and, a, and a lot of other things, right? You you may feel that, no, it's not the right time right now. Something I've realized now, there is never a good or a bad time. It's, it's you who makes it good, right? If it's you who is going to make it the right time for you, don't decide things on what's the right time for me. It's you who has to make it right. That's the only probably thing that I would probably change and give to me as a younger self and probably to everybody else as well. It's you who has to, it's you who is the differentiating factor to make that right for yourself. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear more about your journey. And um, and yeah, I'm very excited for our listeners to hear this and and obviously inspire many other people on their journeys. And, and if anyone does want to reach out and just 
you know, ask some questions or pick your brains or get some advice, where's the best place to find you? LinkedIn would be the best place to find me. I'm I'm always um, available there and I respond to people who ever want to reach reach out to me. So yes. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Ben, for having me. It's It's been a pleasure also to talk to you. Till now, I have always seen other people talking to you. It's, it's sort of also surreal for me to be on this platform with you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.